Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. <laughs> Hello world, it's Tuesday. It's the final Tuesday of June yes. in this the year of 2021. Can you believe it? Like this is, we're like a day away from the halfway mark. Oh my gosh. Well, not exactly the halfway mark. That's like 182 and a half, but it's like 179. Um, it's like the 179th day, I think. Oh um, <laughs> anyways, I oh my even, goodness. Even, I'm just glad it's Tuesday. That's, I'm doing really well to remember that it's Tuesday, let alone the 179th and three quarters day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Um, okay. So we are back for our second chat about the You Are a Goddess book. For those of you who are here to join us for that, who you don't have to have read the book to hang out with us tonight, of course, because we're <laughs> simply going to share our thoughts about what we read. And there's a couple um, there's a couple topics that we're excited to dig into. But before we do that, okay, first of all, last week we didn't really talk about what was in our cups and our glasses. Okay, gotcha. And so I would love to know what you are sipping. I actually, despite the fact that you're in Seattle and in the middle of a heat wave, I am drinking a hot tea and it's my hot Yay! summer tea, which is a lovely mint blend with lavender. Um, and it's lovely and smooth and cooling, even though it's actually a hot beverage. So, mm, and that's such a cute cup yeah and it's got the cute little saucer it's just the I best know, isn't that precious i know so i love precious. it yes i, I could a little antique antique shop um um i love it i just sometimes i go and just buy random ind individuals you know i love the individuals i mean i have some really cute sets that my mom's given me over the years <clears throat> some really cute like milk glass ones that have like oh, the little the little snack plates you know where you mm -hmm. set your like really cute stuff i'll show you when you visit Yes. Um, but yeah, I like, I really like the mismatchy. I think that's fun. I, do too. I like that kind of shabby, what do they call that? Shabby chic yes. kind of feel that like rough and tumble country style. Well, um, and our rose for the Magdalene. Yes. Our rose for the Magdalene. It, we are just a few weeks, three weeks ish out from uh, St. Mary Magdalene's feast day. Yes, I love That's that. That's going to be this. really exciting, July twenty second. Mm -hmm. um, we won't we won't be covering Mary until later because she's in the like chapter eight or something like that. But we okay, definitely so, need to do something for her feast day for sure. Yes, we should. We should do something special like on the day. Yes. Um, okay. So in my jug, that is, is extraordinary. By the way, the it, color it is extraordinary. Okay, so this is love tea. 
Oh, it's ah, it's mine. Because yes, because the creator of Love Tea gave me an extra bag when I saw her in Palm Beach. Oh, mm -hmm. I don't. So you can imagine like the. Yeah, I'm proud thing. of that, actually. I didn't know that was mine. Yes, it is yours. Oh. And then in it, the botanicals that I put inside of it for the green witchery of it all. Uh, cucumbers. <laughs> uh, rosemary. Mm -hmm. This is Persian mint. Mm. And, oh, I wish you could smell it because it's like peppery mint. Yes. And then inside, you'll, so there's a couple of these. This is a citronella geranium. Mm. I don't... Have you ever... I mean, have you ever been near a citronella geranium? I have not. I mean, it will blow your mind. Okay, write this down. Like they are, first of all, they're um, the scent from mm -hmm. one is outrageous. Like if mm -hmm. I lived on a bigger property, I would have a plant at all four corners so that no matter which way the wind was blowing, it was coming towards my house because it's this oh, wow. lemon verbena kind of. Oh, oh. so. Yes, I, I have a lot of lemon verbena, but I don't have citronella. Yeah, she is right there. Well, hello, beauty. Yes, isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? So are you cooling at all? What's the temperature there? Uh, we are definitely cooler than we have been for the last four days. Okay. It was Hades hot, like yeah. how I imagine it feeling well. Not that I think that there's a hell, but like not that oh, kind of hell. Actually, no. But was that? I thought we were in hell. No. <laughs> well, maybe this is like the the how we would feel if we were constantly walking in, um, in over overdoing everything, right? How we learned the word was sin, but it's not really. That's not really how we're learning how that shakes out, but that we're, we we are in over overkill all the time and mm. so you feel that heat right mm -hmm. um it was 118 at the height of it oh my gosh that is did you practice your cooling breath shatali i absolutely did yes 100 percent, i did and i pretty much stood or sat in front of one of the two window air conditioners that we have here oh my gosh and i was like okay thank you thank you thank you for these wise purchases like the <laughs> <laughs> like the wisdom in purchasing these was so good. It felt so good. Um, but I, you know, I've said this for many years, probably 20 years, maybe more about how I love being in the Pacific Northwest because it's nice and cool. And yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm always running away from anything and declining invitations where it's going to be hot. And I have realized the, I, I that's not how I feel. What, how, why I felt that way is because I was dressing in misogynistic clothing, like, oh. like wow. unnatural undies and bras and spanks and, and nylon slips and hosiery and, you know, yes, just closed in shoes, heels that would, were not allowing me to walk with freedom, you know, wearing the, the goddess gowns, the Frankies. Oh, remember our acronym? Our goddess yes i do gathering. gathering of divine daughters embracing sacred sisterhood 
Absolutely. And I was having fun with the E because of course I love words that start with E. And yeah. so we, depending on where we're going, we can say embracing sacred sisterhood, empowering sacred mm -hmm. sisterhood, um, engaging like sacred sisterhood. I mean, we have so much fun. Of course, yes. the PWE3s are engage, elevate and empower. And so all of those are like, I feel like there's this beautiful connection of that E3. It's like so good. It gives well, me goosebumps in the heat. Last week, I mean, was so brilliant. Like I just was like, I drove home and my jaw was like dropped. I was like, wow, what just happened? <laughs> I was, that was a very beautiful moment. And we all got to be right here together experiencing a download. So yes, yay. Right. Yes. Oh, and I think that when we're open, our energies are open. You know, we, we learned that in other books, but we are definitely going to be talking about that today. Um, mm -hmm. But before we dig into that, I know that um, now that we've gotten the share of what's in our cups, you have a breath for us today that's going to help us in our conversations. Yes. Well, we are going to be talking about balance. So we were thinking about, um, you know, again, the alternate nostril breathing, which is like the ultimate breath for balance. Um, but originally I was thinking that we would do a breath for our developing our intuition. So, um, do you have a preference with do, which one do you want me to do? Um, well, surprise me. I don't want to choose. You choose. This is your lane. Okay. I'm, I'm going to stick with my gut. So even though like, because alternate not nostril breath breathing, we do frequently, Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's do our intuition, right? Because I think when, if we can learn to cultivate our intuition first, then we can, um, balance follows, right? Yes. So, yes. Yes. Okay. So taking our, uh, fully human, fully divine, this is our, our, um, peace fingers, but pushing together. Let's put that resting there on the space between the brows, our Ajna chakra. Our thumb is going to press on that right nostril here. Ooh. There we go like this. Okay. okay. We're going to inhale completely in the left. Hold and close. Release both fingers. Exhale completely through both nostrils. Hmm. Close that right nostril. Inhale through the left. Hold and close. Release. Exhale completely both nostrils. Close that right nostril, inhale left. Hold and close. Release, exhale both. Inhale left. Hold and close. Exhale both. One more time, inhale left. Hold and close. Release both. Exhale. And release. So we wow. did, I think, five rounds of that. So typically, like, like again, like these are the kinds of things like like you you work toward, right? So five breaths or seven breaths to seven minutes to, you know, and we build. Um, so what I like to do is actually just set a little timer, um, you know, so that if you just want to get it lost in the breath, then you can just like get lost in the moment. And then when the timer is gone, um, or if you want to use it as part of your um, precursor to meditation 
and practice the count because again, when you're practicing Ooh. the count, what happens is you're realizing how frequent the mind travels elsewhere, right? So yeah, it's a even, even just like, oh my gosh, am I putting my fingers right? Yeah, and the mind goes all the places, right? So if you're practicing like that and, and keeping that single pointed focus, but the single pointed focus then is, is the count. Inhale one, hold, exhale one, inhale two, hold exhale to and you know so you can use yeah. that as a, a really as like flexing that muscle of focus which then will help prepare your mind to meditate so. mm. oh, i love that well and as we as we break into the nine chapters of each archetype and goddess there is a meditation at the end of each one of those chapters which is so exciting and so it's fun to have a a reminder of how to get ourselves in in the in the mood <laughs> the mood um <laughs> okay so we in the schedule for those of you who are here um either with us live or watching the replay or listening on the podcast the schedule is either in the event uh, on the event page in the description for the next i think it's 10 weeks or you can go to that um, to the landing page that we created. I'll drop the notes in the blog post and in the comments below so that you can check that out. But today we really wanted to talk about a couple of different things inside the invitation chapter, as well as kind of her, um, when I say her, I mean Sophie, Sophie's chapter about the goddess welcomes you. And she really writes a lot about her story in that chapter. So we've got just a couple of things we want to talk about in there. And then of course, um, as we move into talking about the specific chapters, we'd love to know your questions and your thoughts as well, um, whether before, during, or after, as always. Um, so the one, one thing I loved, Molly, in the invitation, so last week we kind of read that um, if you choose to love an awakened woman, that, that, like, that deep soul love note that she wrote to the person who is going to love us. And we talked about, you know, that could be somebody on the, uh, on the outside of us, somebody that we're going to couple with or ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, just quick side note, I met with a bunch of my girlfriends here locally the day mm -hmm. after the, the yeah. um, book club and I brought the book. Oh, yeah. And um, it was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So we're all sitting there. It was one of our girlfriends' birthdays. It, uh, you know, it wasn't a birthday that the world celebrates with pomp and circumstance. It was a 50 something. Um, however, you know, every birthday is a celebration, yeah. <laughs> an opportunity. And we're finally at a place where everyone's been, you know, double vaccinated and they're, everyone's comfortable to, you know, like run towards each other and hug yeah. um, and bring food and open bottles and bottles and bottles and sit by the campfire and, and chat. And so mm -hmm. we all kind of shared something big that had, had, you know, we gave like highlights and then dug into something. And I, of course, dug into the work that you and I are doing, the Spill the Tea. Um, a lot of them watch it. So hi, ladies. Uh, and I read that when you, um, if you choose. Okay. And yeah. it opened the conversation. Oh, like, I love that. So I, I'm hoping that, I know that a few of them bought the book like right there. Uh, so I know that they're going to be listening at some point uh, to our conversation on this. 
the, the most interesting thing was the giggles and the oohs and ahs when it was talking about anything having to do with sex or sensuality. And like, we kind of giggled about it when I said, you know, I'm like that, this is our time. Like sex is for us. Oh, yeah. And, and that a, a big part that I find that, uh, that Sophie talks about in the invitation in, you know, her, the, the next chapter after this, and in several of the chapters in the book is this reminding to women that sex is not something we give for men. Like sex is something for us. And I mean, I know that uh, the lesbian community has this figured out because they don't, you know, do it for men. Um, yeah. However, they, they might be doing it for their partner. So I don't think the gender of our partner really matters in this. It's that like sex is for you and it yeah. is for me. Yeah. I, well, you know me, I, I, my love language is, you know, touch. So I am, I'm super, and I'm Scorpio. So I, I am, you know, probably wired differently than a lot of women, but at the same time, um, I, and so many of my friends right now are just in such an odd place with their sexuality, meaning that they're like menopausal, like, I just don't really have any desire. I don't care. Take it or leave it. Right. Just, you know, or very mechanical or, um, very, um, obligatory, um, like, oh shoot, it's that time of month. Right. I better, better, you know, saddle up my duty. Yeah. Saddle up girl. <laughs> um, and it's just so sad, right? Because like being in your sovereignty and your body and like being able to like touch, taste, smell, feel, you know, your lover is a, an incredible, um, beautiful way to be embodied, right? Yes. yes. Um, but it's when it's a chore, I think that, um, I think we've, we just have kind of lost, you know, we're, we're performing, right? And it's obligatory versus like, okay, well, what actually are my needs and how do I communicate them? And yes. maybe even just journaling, like what, uh, like a beautiful sexual experience that was fulfilling um, and what that looked like, smelled like, tasted like, um, what, you know, all of the things. And then yes. trying to get to a place where you ask and voice your, your needs so that it's, um, that you're shifting it. Yes. Um, and I do think that's really important for women to sort of like re-empower that, um, the sizzle, um, but not what someone else is looking for, but what actually makes, you know, sets your body on fire. Yes. Um, Which is huge. And that's, that's kind of, um, that's why I wanted to mention it because I think that, you know, we, we, we're going to be talking about things that, that Sophie mentions in the book that are things that have been, you know, taboo. Mm -hmm to talk about out loud. And I think that she really kicks it off in, you know, in the, if you choose letter, but she continues it in the invitation. Like when she talks about um, how this, this consciousness, this feminine consciousness is waking up and now that her life centers upon using the gifts that were unearthed in her. And that a, a part of that was this breath Mm. this, you know, this, this deep fiery breath that was awakening things inside herself. And when she, um, it's just like the second or third paragraph on page five in the physical book where she says, we're now in the midst of a sacred feminine resurrection that is restoring earthly order and balance and reawakening those who have vital ancient links to the goddess. 
This mission is to return the core elements of the feminine vibration to the spotlight. Unconditional love, connection to nature, nurture, compassion, trust in the flow of life, intuitive wisdom, emotional intelligence, sensitivity, and receptivity. And then she talks again about the things being out of balance, super focused on the masculine energy or masculine essence. Mm -hmm. And, and that we, if we take a second, if like, we really can slow down when we're reading this book yeah, and, and listen to the parts of that flow that she's sharing yeah. that make us uncomfortable yes. um, or, or snicker. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, or like, Ooh, like that's, that's always been a forbidden topic. Like write those things down, like write them inside the book, write them inside your journal and, and don't let go of that. Right. Because that, that uncomfortable feeling, that heat that rises inside of us uh, and this, in the scenario with my girlfriends, it was, you know, talking about, you know, being a fiery sexual, sexual goddess. Right. Yeah. And, and that we can claim that and we, totally. it's never too late. And, you know, between this book and Burning Woman and More Than a Body, like we are throwing all of those preconceived notions of what our bodies are supposed to look like in order to have pleasure or enjoy life in any way, shape or form. Um, and, you know, here's the thing is, and if you're laughing, you know, laughing orgasms are amazing too, right? Like it's the energy it's 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 when we're when we feel silly right like it's like either roll with the silliness or like I, the image that i'm getting in my mind is like you know the shifting of the clothes you know like trying to like shift the, the clothes to hide the things and i'm like oh yes the tugging the oh. tugging yes the tugging right like when we're like awkward like in our heads then we're out of our bodies and to me like um, you know, I think the work is like, how do you get fully in your body? So that again, fully human, fully divine. And this vessel is a beautiful, a beautiful vehicle to experience. Um, you know, so like, again, it's like out of the head and into the body. Mm, I love that. I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I also love like the laughter orgasm. That's... Oh yeah. A laugh, laughing orgasms are super fun, you know? So, or like when you're super ticklish and, you know, cause you're, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> we may, we may have to talk more about that another time. Uh, uh, one of the other things that, that I highlighted in here was on page six, where she's talking about um, the philosophy the philosophy representing a system of interpretation for life and the universe and it, how it's always how in our time and our mother's time and our grandmother's time and our great grandmother's time and our great, 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 great. It's been very um, patriarchy based and it's be it's become very misogynistic on top of that. Like there's, there isn't, um, I mean, balance is preferred, but there's not something innately wrong with a patriarchal system as long as women are respected in it. It's just, yeah. we've gotten to the point where they're not. Yeah. And she talks about the divine feminine being an expression of higher or divine truth, Yeah, a mandate for conscious healing behavior with characteristics such as, and this is this great list, the lists. I love Sophie's lists. Um, yes. Trusting in the infinite flow of life, natural rhythms and cycles, embracing light and radiance, acting from unconditional love and compassion, healing through forgiveness and acceptance, accessing the wisdom of the open heart, mm -hmm. embodying grace and cultivating peace. And I, like, I was, 
reading this for like, this is the third time, fourth time now that I've read it out loud. And every time it's like, these are the things that I feel so, so many women, myself included, have been told are inappropriate to show mm -hmm. outside of the home, outside of your circle, um, outside of your family or your friends. Like these things were, are, you know, these words are too airy fairy or, you know, too mystical or whatever it might be. And that there was a shame that was attached to things like embracing light and radiance. Um, unconditionally loving or having compassion for someone was seen as weak or how could you how could you let someone you know take advantage of you when you're loving them through their their suffering mm -hmm. right um, well yeah and i think that's actually an act of strength sometime there's a beautiful quote that i've been practicing um this week and it's like you know the grace is um the wisdom of letting go that which is not meant for you or something like that you know where it's um, this idea that true strength actually isn't trying to force something, but it is, you know, having the wisdom to know when to retreat or when to push, right? It's, yes. It's not just about winning, you know, sometimes true grace comes in the form of compassion and, uh, you know, Kuan Yin is, um, is she, is she covered in our goddess book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. She's, I work with Kuan Yin a lot. So I'm very excited for that chapter because I feel like I have a very intimate relationship with her. And um, <laughs> I'm excited to learn more from you. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, so like she's the goddess of compassion. But like, um, yeah, so I, I do feel like, you know, when I hear you saying these words and you said this is the fourth time that you've read them out loud, where my head and my heart goes is that that is the practice right? To reclaim these words yes. is you don't just read them in your head, speak it out loud, create the sacred vibration of voice, the sound vibration, mm. and like allow those words to be healed in a way and like gut check, right? Even when I'm sitting here talking about sex and I said the word orgasm, I was like, you know, my internal head was like, oh, whoa, you know, like, you know, like you just said the O word. It's like saying the word the vagina. O. People go, oh my God, did she say vagina? She yes. said vagina. Don't say, you know, but <laughs> I'm not going to say the JJ anymore. I'm yes. going to say vagina. That is I what like it is called. I prefer Borat's vagine, but, um, you know, vagine. <laughs> Pamela Anderson's vagine, you know? Oh my Lord. Um, yeah, like, who doesn't want that? The, um, yeah, the, um, I'm so distracted right now. Cause I, I just said Pamela Anderson's vagine, you know, like, <laughs> yep. Bring the mind back. I'm out. right yeah, here you need to do a little breathing <laughs> but no but the point is you know like notice those things right in your body yeah. like when we say those and either your head gets scrunchy or your for me like i feel it in my heart or the belly people feel it in their belly you know but notice um because we have to create um the comfort or we won't reclaim Right. Yes. As long as our bodies are telling us no and to hold back, we're actually abdicating our power. Yes. And I do think that part of reclamation is is taking it back, you know, yes. and saying the words, you know, and saying the words until we believe it um, yes. or yes. until it's OK. You know? Yes. Well, you know, in the um, the affirmation that I shared this week, which was of course, one of those that every time I'm getting ready to post it, I'm like, oh, this one's going to be fire. <laughs> exactly, right? And 
And, you know, it's this one I, I really focus on because it comes out this time of year is around body, mm-hmm. uh, our body image, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that body resilience work that they talked about in, in More Than a Body. And one of the interesting things, like the red threads between this book and that book were really how she talks about like the balancing of our energies, the balancing of the masculine and feminine. And, and in... Um, the she talks about it really like she gives that list that list that sophie gives that is of these different kind of like the doings versus the being so the doing being the very masculine energy or essence in us and the being being that very feminine uh, energy or essence and i thought it would be fun for for all of us as we are talking about this we keep saying the word balance we keep saying the word reclaim and you know i think that one of the beauties of our collaborations, all of them, Molly, is that we don't ever want there to be a uh, an us versus them, a any gender versus any gender, any any person, color, creed. Does it like we're all coming to the same table, and we will add oh, as many. Yes, yes, and and what I and we've constantly talked about on the show about the different you know ways these energies show up, but I love these lists, these lists that she put together. And so I, um, what she's like, she kicks it off like, wait, wait, wait. She kicks it off and says, um, it can be said that masculine and feminine energies or essences are more than biological. They can be perceived as relating to emotional, mental, and spiritual areas of existence too. Masculine energy can be described as active and directional, the doing aspect. It relates to the mental and physical body of the aura and has general principle characteristics such as, and I'm, I'm one, I can't wait to hear which ones of these like really spoke to you. Um, so do you have the list? Did I send you the list? You, yeah, I have it right here. Okay. Do you, do you want to read this? Can you no, read you it? Read it. I like okay. to listen to you actually. Okay. So it's nice. <laughs> I know. I feel well, like I'm, I feel like it's I'm okay. Cause I love to read out loud. And a blankie. I'm just I'm like buckling in, you know, <laughs> I love it. No, no, I love it. And I like to read too. I always loved it when the teacher called on me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I want to read. I want to read. Okay. So, uh, all right. So this list, there's a list for the masculine. This is how it goes. Um, logic, reason, and rationality. Strategy, planning, future-oriented goals, solution-based thinking, problem-solving, decision-making, pursuing a linear course, thinking and intellect, controlling and pursuing, competition and ambition, singularity of purpose and direction, emptiness and nothingness. And when I re- was reading that the first, or listening to Sophie share it for the first time, listening as I was walking, I can remember exactly where I was walking. There's this little neighborhood park and I was, Liz- Lizzie and I were, you know, on one of our adventures. And I was like, this, this looks like the list of like ideal qualities on almost every executive job description I've ever mm-hmm. read. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. Right. And, um, you know, so what the, like, I love all of those words, actually. And I think, um, you know, like when we're talking about the patriarchy or masculinity, these words are about sacred masculinity, right? Yes. Yes. These are power words for men and women who in, it's the positive attributes. Now for each of those things, it can be in balance or out of balance. Right. Right. And so like, it's, this isn't like a positive negative that's again, locking us into the law of polarity. 
these are attributes that we can each embody, but these are the, the, the doing attributes, right? Yes. And a lot of women, you know, people ask a lot of times, like, how do you, how do you do so much stuff? Like you, you know, like you, you create a lot and it's, whereas I think a lot of women get stuck in ideas, but they don't have the doingness to create. Yes. So yes. you need both, right? Yes. You need the idea yeah. and so it's the being and the doing. Um, but like, yeah, like, honestly, like I love all of those words. Yeah. You know, like for me, that's sacred masculine energy, um, that we should all, um, that we can strive to. Yeah. Um, the only one that doesn't at all sing to me at all is singularity of purpose and direction. There's nothing so, singular about what it, uh, what goes on in this noggin at yeah, so, all. But see, for me, I read, I hear that as focus. Right. And so like, to sure. me, like, that is how I, I hear that is, and I think that's one of my superpowers is like, I'm a space cadet until I'm not. And then I get hyper-focused and I create and, you know, so it kind of like, again, linear for me, you know, is the word that probably least, um, resonates, but you know, like we create, so you have to have a timeline of how are we going to get to A to Z. Right. Um, yes. Yes. And usually it's a linear path um, on paper, but we all know that it's a circular path, it's cycle, you know? Yes, and, yes, yes. But there are on the path of the cycle or the circle, the spiral, are linear, are, p are chunks of pieces of linear time, right? Yes, but you're, you're getting a little cosmic. <laughs> I do love watching you like visually do that. So for those of you on the podcast, click the, the link down in the, the show notes and you can but you know see, what I mean? what, like, see what Molly's doing right now. No, no I, I resonate with is... the word focus. Yeah. I, re I really resonate with that because that is also something that I feel is a superpower of yeah. mine. But how singularity of purpose and direction, like singularity of thought feels would feel like that to me is of purpose. I don't know. The word singularity and the word linear, both those words, like, I, I feel like I'm that, that boxes me, that keeps me too contained. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't want to be contained. You're like, let um, me out of here. My wings are crimped. But so I look at this list, Molly, and I think what I love about it is it's a great reminder when we're feeling like we're not being heard yes. in a meeting and to look at the energies at the table and to say, okay, so Am I too much in the masculine energy that mm -hmm. if you're at a table of a lot of women who are who exude a lot of feminine energy um, or any genders for that matter who who are who really resonate with the feminine energy, maybe you're too strong in that. Uh, and so thinking through this list, right, I'm going to put this list in my phone and like visit it like before I get ready to go into a call or, or a meeting or anything like that, just slow down and say, you know, okay. How do I balance myself in what's about to happen? Lizzie is 100% supportive of this thought process. She's like, I love that. She's like, bring me on some linear. I know, right? Exactly. Well, she is singularity of purpose and, and <laughs> direction, this one. And it all has to do with F-O-O-D or P-L-A-Y. Um, okay, so the feminine energy list. <laughs> Let's read that because I think... Uh, the other side. And so for those in our audience who definitely um, lean towards more masculine energy, right? Uh, where, whether you've been lauded for it or not, yeah. 
you might you might really resonate with all those things and go, yeah, I got that list nailed. I got an A plus on that. Okay, ready. Doing like a fist bump. Yeah, or like a grind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, feminine energy can be described as receptive and organic and the being aspect. It relates to the emotional and spiritual bodies of the aura and has general principle characteristics such as emotions and feelings, intuitive, non-rational awareness, flowing cyclical and spiral processes, allowing and accepting, trusting natural outcomes, being an inner stillness, relationship and connection, listening to subtle methods of communication, such as the heart, the spirit, the inner voice of truth, in touch with the non-physical realms of existence, for example, spiritual planes, fullness and form and embodying the divine source of love. Now, when I read this list, not until the last five years, maybe a little bit more, have I really seen any of these words on an executive job description? <laughs> that's true. I mean, I'm going to the, t- the reason I'm going that direction is because that's the top, right? That's where, when people are kind of climbing this corporate ladder, they're, they're usually climbing up. And so yes. they're going towards being in a leadership role, right? Being an executive vice president like you are. Uh, and so, funny. So, <laughs> so when, so when we are, when we are looking at this through the filter of how we are showing up in our careers and how we are showing up as leaders, things like being an emotional and talking about our feelings, like don't cry, don't, don't show any kind of emotion, like steal yourself. I'm working on that. Steal yourself. Like that I, yeah, anyways. Emotions, God gave us our emotions, all of our emotions, for a reason. And we should be be and feel free to use and access and leverage all of them. Uh, this The second one, this intuitive, <clears throat> I'm using air quotes, non-rational. I mean, come on, non-rational awareness. I think that the simple non-rational feels so... Ooh, triggering yeah like it you're not being rational how many times have women or humans in general yeah and again those who tend to lean more towards that feminine energy or the feminine essence how many times have they heard you're not being rational or that's not rational when when really it's it is a powerful energy it's a powerful characteristic inner energy um oh my gosh triggers right it does that is the triggering non-rational i i agree with that but let's break that down like you know it i don't think again like reclaiming what that means non-rational to mean is about sensing and feeling and not necessarily having a data point i mean i remember that there was a, a point where it's like i just know in my bones this is wrong we all have had that right yes moment where you're like i don't i can't put my finger on it but the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up and I know that this is the wrong path to take. Even if the data is pointing us in a different direction. And I think yes. that is what we mean by non-rational. It's almost well, like 
body intelligence, you know? Okay. That is so spot on. And so I looked it up. Okay. Because of the trigger, the trigger alert. <laughs> yes. So there, like, there, mirrors, mirrors. there are yes. three different rational ways we make decisions. One is rational. That's carefully considered and negative outcomes are weighed. That's a rational decision. There's a non-rational decision and that's based on intuitive judgment. Mm -hmm. And then there's an irrational decision and mm -hmm. those are made in haste and no outcomes are considered. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mm -hmm. It's there is it. Mm, you know where I'm going, right? So yes, yes, yes. That that there has been the a blurring of the lines between non-rational and irrational. irrational. Yes, that's it. And it's time for us to reclaim non-rational decision making. Amen, sister. And the reason being, right? Like especially if you add it, is if it becomes additive to the rest of that list in terms of being able to, um, you know, access the astral, ethereal, or otherworldly planes, the unseen, right? Yes. Right? Like if you're saying two people in a, in a room and one person has access to divine intelligence and the other person, it's almost like a sword and a, I don't know, like- Comb? Yes. Like I want the sword, <laughs> right? Like, well, you know, it's so funny. Did you ever watch the series with Patricia Arquette called Medium? No. Uh -uh. Okay. So obviously, you know, I like watching movies and series and stuff that have anything to do with the supernatural. Yes. Anything. Witches, vampires, like psychics. I love it all. Yes. And part of it is I think there, you know, there was always this curiosity because it was very uh, forbidden mm -hmm. to talk about that because it was dark, right? Yeah. And <clears> that's <throat> how Hollywood always depicts. Yes. Because they want you to be afraid of it. Yes. So, but medium is not like that. And it's actually based on a real woman, mm -hmm. Addison Dubois. Uh, her, she's, a, was a real, she's still alive. So I don't want to talk okay. about her like she's dead. I think she's alive. Um, but Patricia, Patricia Arquette, uh, like six or seven seasons worth of stories of this woman's life. And she could actually see the ghosts of dead people. And so she would have these dreams about what had happened to them, how they died. Mm -hmm. And then she worked with the district attorney in Phoenix to help him get, put these criminals away. Yeah. And I mean, really just super duper intense. And I'm sure that there's like some Hollywood sprinkled into the episodes, you know, yes. things that were more fancy than, than actually happened. But the, the general gist of it was, you know, she had this gift and all three of her daughters had the gift. Yeah. She and has access, right? And she, she had access. And, but when she was young, she was told, Dush, sh, 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 sh. Yeah. Shh, don't talk. Shh, yeah. People are going to think you're crazy. And yeah. so it wasn't until much later in life that she learned how to, to really understand these dreams that she was having and, and to recognize, um, like once, and once she became open to that, then she would see like her father-in-law who passed away, he would be like, Hey, you know, tell Joe to, you know, X, Y, or Z or have him go here. And she'd be like, why? And it's because he could see things, you know, from where he was. And so uh, like, there was a lot of this really like the sword that you're talking about, right? Like they saw things and heard things and they could have just said, pshaw, like, I'm not gonna listen to that. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Or they could lean into it and trust in it and you know, use that, that intuition that they had and they did. And whatever she did, there was a great outcome. 
Well, I love that. And again, it's a scalpel or a blunt instrument. And I think that as humans, we have been very um, crude in our wiring, right? And I think, um, like, that's why I'm, like, so interested in, like, the Egyptians and stuff and how the heck they created all of these pyramids and all of this stuff with the, without the technologies that we have today, right? It's, like, there's something there's something there. There's a lot of mythology around that being, like, created by aliens and all kinds of stuff with supernatural powers, and it's a total... Sure, radical. Stargate. Heck, yeah. Right. I love the, I love that series. Oh, yeah. Well, I, never, <laughs> I didn't watch the series, but, you know, like, you know, I, I read a, a bunch of books, but the... Um, the crazy thing about that is, you know, I think our ancestors had access to that fifth dimension um, that we have really um, not cultivated. And so part of that, um, the work, I think, of reclaiming this divine feminine um, and the balance of the divine masculine plus the divine feminine is about accessing yes. um that dimension that we have really um numbed um and i think technology especially when you see like like the kids these younger kids with the technologies like oh like we're really dulling all of it yes completely right. i completely agree because i can't like i think um where my mind goes is to even like when you look back to the like 13 and 1400s, even though it was that long ago, there was still, we were living in houses. We were living in boxes. We weren't like, we were no longer a living tribal. Yeah. Right. Well, like we had, yeah. we were already, you know, a, Shoes a thousand on. years ago. Yeah. Shoes on like no steps on the soil, right? No earthing anymore. Disconnection from our planet. You know, yeah. for me, like that fifth dimensional being like the native Americans are like the, you know, that's the, that's the example of us having access to intuition and that's a collective unconsciousness that um, we don't have access to anymore because we've shut off those parts of our processing. But like with the Native American, the trackers and being able to send direction and things in their hair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, think about that for a second. Right. This is like, this exists. People today. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can, well, Christ wrote about it. Jesus right. wrote about that. I mean, he, he did not write about it. Let me be clear. Um, he spoke to that. He spoke yeah. to the power that he used walking this planet to heal people, to, to see into someone's heart and to see, yeah. to see them, see their soul and not their sin was, we we're all capable of that. And, oh, yeah. and he, you know, I've, I've often over the last decade of, of really digging into, like, I was trying to think of what, what, like really writing out my journey of, you know, being raised in the church and you know, what were my teens like in my twenties and my thirties and all of the journeys. And I remember the, like the bridge for me was when I was, this was like 15 years ago, I guess, when I was so sick and tired of it only being men talking about Jesus yeah, from the pulpit or the whatever you want to call it, the, like yeah. the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember just being so frustrated by that. Right. Yeah. Like the, the, the pastor's wife was always this quiet person sitting in the front row, you know, hands in the lap with a bunch of little ducklings sitting next to her. And, and like, it, it just, it, day, right. What was happening at night? It's like, what? Yeah. It just, and, and no, no foul to anybody who lives, who chooses that life. I mean, that's, what they're choosing. I just, uh, there was angst for me, you know, it, 
and this was probably before Andrew and I got married, so 20 years ago now. And then when we reconnected to the church, to a church here locally, you know, one of the things I loved about it was that there were more women on stage. Mm -hmm. But then it was kind of uncovered that they were kind of there just so they could say there's women there. Yeah, I hate that. You know, and and there was like scandals like the, they would have these great they would have these big bands but then like the mics would be off half the people because it was just about what they looked like not about what they sounded like and mm -hmm. and so like there was this element of it being more attractional than mm -hmm. truly about like spiritual growth and mm -hmm. enlightenment and so i was like Ning. and then i started looking towards like these female um evangelists like the christine canes out there who are these like she's this wild greek woman who <laughs> like just has a fire in her belly and i mean she's still kind of plugged into that like, like it's not non-denominational but still pretty evangelical and and then kind of moved into like the jen Hatmaker, who was like the outlier right oh my god yeah. she said gay people aren't going to hell what's wrong with her let's mm -hmm. like kick her out of the church and i was like okay she's definitely my people like i'm gonna mm -hmm. follow her right but this this flow from being in the super patriarchy um, you know, male focused, only men talking. And now here we're reading Sophie, who's not attached to the church at all, and and being okay with that journey, right? Being okay with the, the learning. And I look to what Jesus talked about. And yeah, how, it's a yes and, right? Yes. And how he's in a lot of these later books that I was reading by these, these women talking about and really and men, really. I mean, and men saying, you know, Jesus was like probably the first feminist written about mm. back in his day because, totally, that was, yeah, you know, like he really was like, uh, feminist doesn't mean men are bad. Feminist just means men and women are equally important. Well, and like we know, right, the 13th disciple, Mary Magdalene, like, mm. you know, Jesus bestowing the the wisdom to a woman. Yes. Right? And yes. The, the chaos yes. that caused with the other disciples because she was a woman, but she was the vessel of yes. the information. Right. Yes. So, yes. yes, like the vessel, the vessel, her sacred chalice, her chalice, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's so interesting that you you say that, because I think that even even those lessons, right, the super masculine, like the the, the men shall build the church. And I think that's one of the places where it started to go it, off. It went off, yeah. It went off, like it started to be about this making buildings and, and you know, it not being about where two or three are gathered, it became where like two or 3,000 are gathered. Like it's bigger is better, you know, this, this huge, big strategic future-oriented goals, that really masculine energy, took over yes. and and because in that time period that's you know it was very patriarchal and Power. Power. and we're learning now um even that uh the, the the female disciples documentary that is on prime tv right now where it talked about how now they have all this um, all this this great proof and even in old old beautiful works of art where they're seeing like there might have been 12 male disciples, but in order for them to go anywhere, they would have had to have a female counterpart mm. because the women were not allowed to be taught by men. Mm. And so there would have, there would have at least been 24. Wow. I mean, like talk about. Yeah. Right. And, and that's because Jesus knew that if we're going to get back to no, to a place where we were, when we had no shoes on our feet, 
when our when we were connected to the earth that yeah. we need both the masculine and the feminine energy to make things whole again to get us back to this place where like his his life his way i mean he took so many naps and he was in meditation and prayer i mean he really like when you look at it through a different like jesus loved to nap how do we know jesus took a lot of naps i mean because because they write about it they wrote about it really it's in well, he rested he rested yes he rested and that's so rested that's nap nap time <laughs> he went and took a little snooze and meditated and prayed and like he yeah, knew that. the so, art of alone time. That's the next title of your book, Jesus Naps. <laughs> Jesus Naps. But I, I really do. I love the idea of the waking of the waking up of all of us. It not only being women who are waking up, but it being that divine feminine energy and that divine feminine consciousness that is awakening in all of us. Yes. And. Um, let me red thread back to my girlfriend's conversation last Wednesday when we were celebrating Steph's birthday. We were talking about how almost all of us were in relationships with men who were very much in touch with our divine feminine. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and how we were we were, were talking about how incredible it is. Your husband does that? Yeah, yeah, mine does too. Oh my God, really? Like we were mm. actually talking about it. Like actually having a conversation outside of what the weather was like, or or even like what you plant in your garden, right? Mm -hmm. Like where we were discussing the the beauty of uh, partners, mm -hmm. and it, you know there was a couple of gals there that weren't uh, weren't coupled, or their partner was much more um, on the masculine side of things, and I think there's longing for us mm -hmm. to have that. And some, sometimes our partners don't offer that. And so we need a lioness pride, right? We need that, that group of, of women who we yeah, can well, circle up I, with. Well, I think part of that too, and again, um, is, is maybe even giving your, your partner, right. And if it's a man permission, um, to, uh, or invite him into that, um, you know, because again, I think, you know, I'm raising boys, right? And culturally, um, you know, it's very one way, right? And, but inviting them into getting in touch with, with those other parts. Um, and I think mm. maybe sometimes men just need permission that it's okay for them to show up in all the ways, yeah. um, the same ways that it's okay for us to show up, you know, with all of those very, um, you know, executive <laughs> qualities as women and have it not be um negative right like so it's right. just like i think it's a conversation like look you know this is it this is what balance looks like and you know we learn from each other um yeah so i think that's I, I love that molly and i love the idea of of creating like having the as our especially as our kids get older right because you know i think that kids range from like 10 to thirties for this mm -hmm. group. You know, some of, yeah. some of the ladies had kids when they were babies <laughs> themselves and some waited until they were in their thirties. And so I love the idea of as our children are getting older and we're sitting around the table and we're having discussions to like really talk about like we're, we're almost like the values conversation that, that uh -huh. we have with our kids. Like, you know, where did you honor your values this week? Where do you have some opportunities? Like this can be part of that. You know, one week you talk about values, one week you talk about your energies. Like where, 
you know, you, how were you feeling? What were the feelings you had this week? Okay, well, where did the masculine and the feminine come in? And, and having those, having this list, I think is so helpful. I love the idea of having that list sitting at the, de- at the table. Yeah, <laughs> and, I like, love it. Just being yeah, ready. If that's listening, um, she'll want to make it pretty for us and we'll post it so that people can print it out and put it on their fridge, you know? Yes, I love that. I know that I did see her earlier. Um, okay, so real quick before we go, one of the things that I loved that she shared um, at the end of this, the Goddess Welcomes You section was the three stages of returning to the sacred feminine consciousness. And she gave um, three key areas of self-development that these archetypes, these goddesses are going to take us through when we choose to. Right. So when we elect to tap into the Kali energy or the um, or the Mary Magdalene energy or the Kwanli, right, like wherever that happens for us, these three areas are where she says, like, work on these areas of self-development as we go. The first is clearing through truth, connection to feelings and healing negative beliefs. So we kind of touched on that earlier, that as you're reading this, when things like stir you, when they rile you up, when you feel a little, maybe even a little embarrassed reading about it, right? Yep. Uh, write it down. Write that down. That's that's your soul saying, you got some work to do there, sister. Or get into your body and start to feel those subtleties. Like I said, like I've started to really pay attention to my body's um, language and like... Um, you know, like, again, I get a cramp in my chest and in my heart, like I can feel it now. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm getting mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And instead of just rolling with that, it gives you like, again, just a moment to pause so that you can then sort of watch what's happening. And I'm starting to like have like heat flashes. And I was talking to my friend cause I was on a week, a uh, women's weekend, um, is like, okay. So like when I get a flush of heat, is it menopause, a hot flash? Is it body intelligence telling me to pay attention? Like, okay, like I'm not necessarily being truthful with myself. So I'm feeling the heat rise. Mm. Is it a connection to another human somehow? Like a, you know, some sort of like receiving of something from someone else? I don't have the answer to that. So that's the one thing, um, if anybody has any insight, but yeah, like the, the heat rising, like, what is that? I don't, You know, but again, like when you start to pay attention and ask the questions, then you can start to plug into the subtleties of of how your body communicates with you. Well, just as you were talking, I think that you have the three questions you need to ask yourself when you feel that heat is like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. I mean, if you're in a group of people and they're talking about a topic that has traditionally been one that you've avoided, like that's situationally would Mm -hmm. trigger the heat versus, you know, you're walking down the street, it's 60 degrees outside and all of a sudden you're having a personal summer. You're like, (laughs) that's probably menopause. (laughs) I know, right? Like, or, or versus like, you know, being at a a table of friends and, you know, there's a couple of strangers and every time that one stranger talks, you know, you, you get a little fiery. Um, That's probably a physical reaction to someone else. Right, their their energy. Because this is happening, I need to understand it. Yep. Well, and that's exactly what this is saying, right? It's clearing through truth, connection to feelings, and healing negative beliefs. So that's the first one. The second one is initiation through energy activation, awakening, and ritual acts of love. Yes. Which 
think we're pretty good at that. Like our, like the daily, the bath leak, although I do miss my bath. It's so hot. And my, my tub is on the third floor and there is a no way I'm doing the, the, the tub. I'm doing a tub cool tonight. Bath. I'm going yeah. tonight. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I envy that. Um, but the energy activation awakening, you know, that can come, I, I think it, that to me is reading, listening to things that stretch your, stretch your mind. You it's know, stretch ritual. Your, yeah, yeah. yeah. When we start doing our women's retreats, we'll actually do energy activation for folks so that they yes. can yes. open up some channels. Yeah. Well, and like when we were by the pool and you were doing Reiki on me, that, that like wild energy exchange when you were right at my crown, it was like, what's going I know it's crazy. It's like, I never would have believed it until I actually experienced it. Right. So, yes. And that's, I, I really think that that's a, a really great reminder as well. Right. Um, don't, don't be quick to shake off what you're hearing in here because it's always been something you've never believed in. Because if somebody would have told me 10 years ago that I would be studying Reiki <laughs> and reading a book called you are a goddess, I would have told them that they were insane. Like, we're like, yeah. what? Or doing Reiki at a, by the poolside, right? With, right, you know, right. Like, In a goddess like, gown, you know, like, hello, yeah, what the heck? Who am I? But I'm becoming this woman I've always been meant, always, was always meant to become. Exactly. And, and it, there is so much beauty in that. The last one, which wraps this all up in a beautiful little bow, is transforming through reclaiming inner power and sharing authentic gifts. Mm. And so remember, she's saying, you know, when we elect to do this work, when we, um, when we sense like the soul directed sense towards self care and self development around becoming her, mm -hmm. becoming that woman of tomorrow, um, we might not always be aware that we're doing the work. Sometimes it's happening in us because of something we read three months ago, three days ago, um, three years ago, like yeah. that it's your, your soul's doing that work inside. And then all of a sudden you're going to hear that quote. And you're going to go. Ah. Oh, I love it. And you know, what's coming into my mind right now is this idea that when we are healing ourselves, we heal our ancestors and everyone who walked before us, you know, we're healing like, you know, there's a generations, you know, behind us, you know, that, that doing it, you know, and becoming is aligned with the law of correspondence, you know, the law of, um, you know, the micro and the macro. Mm -hmm. And so when we do work on healing ourselves, we do, um, you know, if we are the world tree, if you will, um, yes. you know, that work has consequences beyond the individual breath. Mm. I love that. I can't wait to go back and listen to those words again. Um, I love that. <sighs> okay. So um, before we close out a meditation, I want to make sure that everybody, just in case you might have skipped it, there is a section in the, in the physical book on page 54 that call, that's called The Goddesses Are Now Gathering. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's like a page and a half. Mm -hmm. um, but I do want to start around um, the, the, towards the end. And it's 
uh, right here on the page. So down towards the bottom and it says, the goddesses draw near to you, encircling your body, announcing their entrance into your world. These are times of great change, they whisper. You are one of the chosen, the elected, the harbingers of resurrected feminine spirit. You are about to go through significant processes of interchange, and this will reflect itself in the world you see about you. People will come and bring opportunities for healing and forgiveness. Karmic balancing will assert itself in your life so that you can release everything that no longer serves you. You will magnetize all that you need to raise yourself from the ground, bring yourself out of the cave, and be a voice of much needed divine feminine truth and wisdom. We will show you the way. Take our hands one at a time, step by step, as you are guided. This journey has begun. Yes. Eee! Yes. I love it so much. I so, love it. I know, me too. Next week, um, we're talking about Kali. So um, Kali. let's, yes. Kali. I love her. Yes. She's, she chops up all your bullshit. She doesn't. Oh my fierce. gosh, yes. She's and fierce. she is fierce. She is very fierce. She's very fierce looking and her yes. the skulls around her neck. And so we'll I'm we'll definitely be my skull um oh yeah, those beads. are so neat. I love those. Yes, I love them. I Kali is I actually am feeling a very strong connection to Kali right now too. Uh, cool. Yeah, so I've uh, yeah, it's, it's so good so then I um let us say that you will guide our discussion next week about Kali. Yeah, she's fierce. Um, yes. So good. It's so I love good. it. I do too. So okay. what kind of a meditation do you have for us today? We are going to work on our um, starting to get into our bodies and start to develop that um, sensation of body intelligence, right? And we're going to practice it through, um, through the um, uh, I choose to vibrate. So. Yay. Okay. And again, the reason why these things are important, right? Because we're going to be paying attention. We're dialing in. So sometimes a meditation is about sense withdrawal, withdrawal. And sometimes meditation is about leveraging our senses to um, become hyper aware, right? So we're going to be really paying attention and um, start to get in connection, alignment um, in relationship with our our uh, blood, bones, and skin, and all of the things, right? Like, Love doing it. it. Yes. Okay. So let's find that grounded seat, pressing feet into the earth, connecting into the sitting bones. Start to slow and steady that breath, pull that belly in, lengthening up that spine, finding an extra inch from crown to root. Oh, and then we were also gonna do our chakra. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do both. Okay. So. Deep, full breaths, maybe even a clearing breath. So in through the nose and just big exhale, release through the mouth, letting it go. We're going to say three times, I choose to vibrate at the frequency of the divine feminine. I choose to vibrate at the frequency of the divine feminine. I choose to vibrate at the frequency of the divine feminine. So noticing any shifts in your heartbeat, your skin, sensations on the skin, sensations under the skin. 
Noticing sound changes, color behind the eyes. Feeling in the belly, vibration in the feet. Heat in the hands or coolness in the hands, just start to dial in to all of the places. Noticing any shifts in your body, in your being. Bringing your awareness to the root, your Mulahadra chakra, the very base of your spine, color is red. Imagine a red glowing ball flowing freely, growing brighter with each breath. The attached mantra to our root chakra, I am safe. Moving your awareness up to your sacral chakra, which is right here in your your lower abdomen, your organs, your women organs, your womb. <laughs> your woman organs. Your womb. <laughs> the color associated is orange. Nice glowing orange ball here, right here in our chalice. Mm. And the associated mantra is... I am sexual. You can emphasize that word sexual and get comfortable saying it. Own it, sensual, whatever, whatever feels right to you, but reclaiming that sexual energy, that power. Moving up to our belly, Manapura chakra, our storing, our storehouse of energy, our the color associated with this chakra is our, is a beautiful yellow glowing ball. The mantra is, I am abundantly energetic. Moving up to our heart chakra, the color here is green. Imagine this beautiful glowing green ball with each breath that green light grows brighter and stronger. And the associated mantra here is I am compassionate. Moving up into our throat chakra, the color here is sort of a indigo color. Each breath that light grows brighter and stronger. And the associated mantra with our throat chakra is, I am trustworthy. I'm really honoring your ability to trust yourself here. Moving into our third eye here, Ajna chakra, the color associated is violet. The associated mantra in this uh, space between the brows is I am knowledge, I am, I am wisdom.
spectrum and moving above into our crown chakra, our uh, collective consciousness, the archetype here, collective, um, just above the head. Beautiful rainbow or golden or white, brilliant light, whatever you see, just imagine that's growing brighter and stronger with every in-breath. And the associated mantra here is I am. Inner beingness. A drop of water becoming the ocean. Big breath in. Imagine that beautiful white rainbow golden light enveloping your entire being now. Just like liquid, just sealing from crown all the way to toe. Beautiful white brilliant light like an egg, cosmic egg creating a beautiful barrier protection layer around us. Big collective in-breath together. Exhale, releasing into the world, letting it go. And then flutter eyes. I just looked down, Lizzie's doing downward dog. Is she? I need to do downward dog. She's totally doing downward dog. He's a good girl. That was beautiful. Mm -mm -mm. So much goodness. Um, that was a long talk, but so beautiful and so worth it. Oh Can my we goodness. break all the rules? Like, I think these things are supposed to be like 10 minutes to keep people in engaged, right? We're like, we'll do it for 75. I hear all week that the, it's people snack on it during their walks. So it's not, <laughs> there is no rule. When it's interesting content and people want to be where they are, they, they'll listen. It's we, just like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three of, you know, chat two. <laughs> Too funny. Oh my goodness. Thank you everybody for joining us live, for catching the replay. Let us know your thoughts on what we talked about today. How are you feeling about the, the balance of your divine feminine and divine masculine energies and essences? What on that, those lists like spoke to you? I'd really love to know drop them in the comments, shoot us DMs. If you just want to whisper it in our ears, we're okay with that. Um, and we look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to be talking again about Kali. So I will pull out that card, the card that I have in Megan's deck, and I will be ready to learn from you, Miss Molly. Well, I love, I love it. So good stuff. <laughs> It'll be good. All right, everyone. Take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye take care. Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus, a place to uncover the opportunities that abound, and create a moment to embrace grace.